When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Behind the Wheel, Under the Hood, and Beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, uh, Noel, the, um, you know, Noel Recap Brown. Yeah, well, not bad. It's not bad. It's not, not great. Well, well, we'll work on it. And uh, we'll, as we do in most shows, listeners, uh, we're going to maybe find a, a more apropos nickname for Noel as we continue the show today. We'll try to remember. Sometimes we uh, end up going through the whole thing and, and never getting back to that. So That's let's try. True. Let's try along the way. We'll try to remember to give him a, an appropriate nickname. This time for real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. So we're going to do something uh, a little bit different today. Um, in the past, listeners, uh, you've heard us talk about you know, our, our first cars or notable cars that we were lucky enough to drive or in some cases unlucky enough to drive at certain points. And uh, we've read some of your stories to your fellow listeners on the air. And this time we're we're going to do something kind of like a review. Well, a little bit. This is going to be a little different than uh, the typical review that you are accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more... You know, just you and I talking about our cars, I guess, because we've both had a, uh, a recent change of vehicles. And when I say recent, I mean within about a year, right? Mm-hmm. Something somewhere around there. Um, so it, it's kind of a new experience to us. We've had some time to kind of settle into the vehicles, and and we talked about them initially, what we thought about them almost right away, but not. We didn't have a whole lot of seat time, I guess, and maybe that's the difference. Is that now we've had some time to really. And explore the vehicles that we have. For sure. And we can talk about them. And, and I encourage listeners to write in and say, you know, similar things, you know, about their own vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, think about your own vehicle as we talk about ours. Um, you know, have you connected with the car? Do you like taking it for drives? Things like that. That's what we're going to talk about. It's not so much stats and facts and figures and things like that, you know, because you can get that at any, you know, auto review site. Sure. Um, I know they do long-term reviews, and this is closer to that, I guess, and that, you know, here's what I like about it. Here's what I don't like about it. And, um... I don't know. I think we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that in just a minute, but there's a couple of quick points of, uh, um, concern, I guess. I don't know if it's concern, but more interest, I suppose, that, yeah. um, have popped up since our last nuts and bolts episode. And we talked about paint and we were talking about different types of paint and, you know, the, the different styles of paint jobs that you can have and, you know, metal flake and all that stuff, you know, yeah, pearl paint jobs. For sure. And, um, we had mentioned the Porsche 918 Spider at some point in that discussion because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the expense of that, particular color that was available. And uh, we thought it was a little bit silly that, you know, this thing, and I think we guessed somewhere around $10,000. I think it was just a shot in the dark on our part. That is not the case, is it? We both looked into this. So what did, what do we find out? It's uh, okay. It's amazing. And it's scandalous. It is much more than $10,000. Yes. It is in fact, Sig- significantly more, significantly more. It is in fact, $64,000 to get that paint job on the Porsche 918. Yeah. There are two that you can select for that price. Now I know there are other 
uh, you know, package options that you can go with as well. Now, the, the base 918 Spider is something like $850,000. It's right around that ballpark. Yeah. There's another, um, you know, a special package that you can add on to it that, that bumps it up to like $930,000. And then, mm-hmm. uh, the, the paint. Now, the two types of paint that we're talking about, there's liquid metal chrome blue paint and there's liquid metal silver paint. So you're talking about blue and silver. Yeah, I like the blue one better, I think. What about you? I also like the blue one better. The silver, um, and of course, beautiful car either way you look at it, but, uh, the blue to me, gorgeous color. But yes. is it worth 63,000 additional dollars? And I, I suppose at that point. Yeah, that's on top of the, the yeah, base price. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, when you're, so that bumps it up to a million dollars at that point. Well, here's, Here's the explanation that Porsche has in their sales brochures, because I looked at this as well. So they explain, um, you know, they have their own spiel about what this is, why it matters, why it is $64,000 worth of paint. Mm-hmm. I'll just quote them. Nine coats of the liquid metal paint applied with high precision, three manual processing stages, and three final clear coats guarantee impressive light reflection and extraordinary depth. Every reflection helps to emphasize the contours of the 918 Spider with even more clarity. The paint is highly vibrant and gives the surface the appearance of liquid metal. We'd even go so far as to claim that rarely has a concept been realized so tangibly. Mm, okay. So what do you an, think? Well, it's an ex- exclusivity thing, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, it's way over the top as far as prep and, and, and work goes into this paint, but... I don't know. Is it worth $63,000 to see that color on the vehicle versus another color? Now, I don't know what the other options are. There's, there are different race liveries that are available as well sure. uh, that you can go with. And those are probably even more expensive than this, I would guess, because they would require additional steps. But there are uh, different cars you can buy for $64,000. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's that too. But you know what? I, I don't know. We, we've time and time again talked about some of these high-end brands and their mm-hmm. exclusivity, the bespoke Rolls-Royces. Like the and hand-stitched leather. Yeah, the Bentleys yeah. and, you know, the spiker cars and all that. Um, there's just a certain, there's a level where people just pay anything to have something just slightly different than everybody else has. And, right. uh, and okay, if you ever look at the uh, the, the 918 Spider list of um, options, I guess, you know, like a, a speed chart, because, you know, this is a, a hybrid vehicle. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, like the speed charging station is like twenty two thousand dollars, and the luggage set it. The luggage set, you know, nineteen thousand nine hundred dollars for luggage. That's crazy. I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, twenty thousand dollars for luggage, but it's fitted luggage for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. I understand maybe paying a paying a little bit of money for something like that. We've we've even talked about fitted luggage for certain right. sports cars in the past and we actually think it kind of makes sense in some cases. I get it because that storage space is so small or oddly shaped, right? Yeah. Sure, yeah, but then $20,000 for a set for this vehicle, that's uh that's a bit excessive. But then again, you know, that's just a drop in the bucket for somebody who's buying this vehicle probably. What price can you put on happiness? Well, <laughs> that's true. So, you know, we could we could talk back and forth about uh expensive options on the Porsche 918 Spider for a long time. Um in fact, you know, I've got another Porsche 918 Spider story to tell at some point. Um they're the the one and only Gulf livery Porsche uh, 918 Spider is right here in Atlanta, and I've seen it. I've seen it in person. Really? Yes. And I didn't take a photo because I went to the dealership when it was closed. Mm. And it was upstairs on a second level, and I could see it behind glass. So it's here. It's in. It's in town. Uh-huh. But it's the only one in the United States, and there's a a definite exclusivity to it because the guy had to ask for rights from uh, the Gulf Oil Company uh, or whatever parent company that is now. I think um, to to paint it in those exclusive colors right. with the number two. Uh, designation from the 1971 race. So, uh, there's a lot going on with that vehicle and we'll, we'll have to talk about it because, uh, there's more to it than that. But. It would be cool to get in there and, and see if we could, uh, take some photos with it, you know, use our enormous, uh, our enormous internet fame. Yeah. To pull some strings. <laughs> oh man. We're being sarcastic. Uh, folks. Of course. Let's, uh, let's move on to these, uh, this piece of listener mail that I'd like to get to. Oh yeah. yeah. And this one comes from Clayton. Now Clayton is a uh, longtime car stuff listener and Clayton, if, if you recall, is a welder that really wants to be a dancer. So, um, he takes, uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's flash dance. <laughs> no, he's a welder. He's a, he's a welder. Who really, uh, who in his off time, uh, you know, when his down months or whatever, right. uh, he drives vehicles professionally for, 
uh, different manufacturers. He tests them. So he gets a lot of seat time in a lot of different vehicles. Talk and about a dream job. Yeah, for a lot of people, it really would be. I'd, I'd love to do this personally. I'm sure it gets to be mundane just like anything else because you just have to put miles on the vehicle. Uh, but he does drive a lot of really interesting cars, and he writes in and tells us what he can because some of the stuff is confidential. But right. what, what we're talking about today is fine. Um, he said, you know, th- these are the ones that uh, that he can talk about. So no secrets being leaked here. He mentions, uh, and this fits right in with our review topic, mm-hmm. he mentions um, about 10 different vehicles here. And I don't know, do you want to go through them real quick? Yeah, let's just alternate and go through them. Super fast. All right, so the first one he mentions, uh, this one's like a 50-50, the 2017 Ford Super Duty. He says, hard to say, but I drove one that had an interior an interior that was unfinished, and it had two seats, a steering wheel, and not much else. So uh, yeah. 50-50 on that one. I don't know it? how well we can judge that. That's just performance at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, 2016 Ford F-150, he said uh, what I would expect people to say, because I love these two. He said, love these things. The upright seating and interior size makes for a comfortable vehicle. I've driven these for a 12-hour shift. I would still be fresh as a daisy at the end. Plus, the turbos and the V6 make a satisfying wine. Okay, so uh, long-term or long-distance long drives on that one, you I guess. You can't mess with the F-150, man. It's... <laughs> That's an amazing machine. That's true. Here's another Ford. Uh, the 2015 Ford Mustang. Now, he says the inline four engine is no slouch. The paddle shifters seem out of place on an American pony car, but it still has everything you would expect from a Mustang. So he's kind of 50-50 on that one, too. He says it's good, but uh, I didn't really say it's anything fantastic or anything right. like that. And then we go to the 2016 Volkswagen GTI. Total blast to drive, he says, but still has pretty good fuel economy. A word of advice. If you are looking to buy one, go ahead and spend the money for the power adjustable seats. I'm glad you said that, my friend, because I'm not the guy who buys extra options on a car unless I think it's absolutely necessary. And he says it's really necessary. Now, it's funny that the two that we just mentioned, the F-150 and the GTI, mm-hmm. he says if I was spending my own money, those are the two that he would buy out of this whole list. Uh, so moving on to the 2016 Toyota RAV4, he does not like this one. He says, dull as a dishwasher. <laughs> uh, there's nothing particularly wrong with it, but there's nothing particularly right either. So, uh, not a good review of the Toyota RAV4. 2015 Toyota Camry, same problem as the RAV4. It's a car built around practicality. It's not something you look forward to driving. Mm-hmm. And here's another one that's kind of 50-50, the 2016 Hyundai Elantra. The cabin has more room than you would expect from a small car, but... That's all he said. That's it. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> simple, simple explanation. Uh, 2015 Dodge Charger Hellcat can pass anything but a gas station. Uh, this one was hard. I wanted to like this one. I really, really did. The driving position was so uncomfortable for me, at least, that I would get leg cramps after a couple hours. Interesting fact, the Charger has two cup holders under the hood. I did not know that until I read this note. Why would you have two? Well, I mean, I guess I can see. If you're working on stuff under the hood, which a lot of people that own the Hellcat might do, right? Uh, I guess a place to hold your beverage, whatever that happens to be, right? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, hanging out. It's, it's a weird thing. I'm going to have to look that up and see the photos. Uh, the next one is the, oh, this is not good. The 2016 Ram Promaster. It says, avoid like the plague. Yeah. Oh, man. It says this one had low build quality. Uh, the road noise is so bad, it doesn't matter if the windows are up or down. Ouch. Same for the door seals. Uh, there's an overhead shelf that keeps you from seeing traffic lights. And it also makes getting out a really painful endeavor. The seating position is so upright, it feels like you're sitting in a dining room chair. Oh, man, this is terrible. Uh, he says you have to straddle the steering wheel to drive, and uh, he was worried about that position because, uh, you know, if you had to make an abrupt <laughs> stop, that would be real trouble. Yeah, and uh, going to the 2016 Porsche Cayenne, says this is very complex. You can adjust seemingly any aspect of the car from the driver's seat. Accelerates faster than it seems like it should be able to. One of my favorite times as a test car driver was driving a Cayenne plug-in hybrid along the coastal highway in Corpus Christi. I had the windows down, the roof open, and in electric mode, I could quietly drive along the road and still hear what people were saying in the cafes. What a weird thing. How to be cruising down the road and hear people talking on the side, like just hanging out talking at the table. Very strange. Uh, the 2017 Chevrolet Suburban. Oh, well, you know what? His question marks on this one because yeah. it was debadged. It's mysterious. It could be. So it could have been a Chevy. Oh, it could have been a Cadillac, I suppose, right? Maybe an Escalade? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or a Yukon, possibly? I don't know. Suburban? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but he says, like the F-150, this one's all about comfort. There's a huge amount of room inside. So uh, that is a, a yes on the 2017, possibly, 
Suburban. And the last one Clayton added, uh, aircraft tug, don't know the maker or the year, loads of torque, extremely fast off the line for the first five feet. <laughs> well, of course it is. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta pull planes with it. So there's, right. plen- there's plenty of torque there. In fact, you know what? We had a, a listener that wanted to, uh, have an entire episode about airplane V, ve- I mean, I guess airport vehicles. vehicles yeah, yeah, the, the tugs. Vehicles. Yeah, the tugs and all that Ooh. stuff. Maybe even the emergency vehicles. That'd be a great show. But Clayton, great. thank you. That was a, a super fast version of, uh, of what Clayton wrote in, but I felt like that led perfectly into today's topic. So that's, uh, that's why we went quickly through that whole list, right? And, right. uh, and you know what? Our reviews today, I guess, of our, of our new, in air quotes, new to us, maybe, cars, um, is going to be a little bit different. So, so hang in there and hopefully you'll find it interesting. I, I think, you know, we should have a good conversation today. And that's entirely, really what it's all about. Yeah. Entirely biased with, uh, relatively arbitrary standards and, uh, Filled with ramps. Possibly. Yeah. And you know what? Again, uh, listeners, think about this with your own vehicle. You know, think about like, these are the questions that we're going to ask each other, I guess. But, but like, what do you like about your vehicle? What don't you like? How does it stack up to the other vehicles that you've owned? Uh, do you, do you enjoy driving it? You know, what are some of the, oh, we're talking about some of the systems and like the luxuries or comforts that you appreciate the most. And, yeah. and how about some that maybe you wish that it had, but it doesn't have or others that, you know, maybe it does have that you just absolutely don't need. It's just kind of a useless button that sits there that does really cool <laughs> things, but you don't ever use it. So we're going to talk about that type of stuff too. So, um, also, maybe at the end, Ben, I'd like to ask you this about your your current vehicle. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go back to your previous vehicle? Oh, I mean, do you, do you prefer – now, see, we've had our cars for about a year, right? Yeah. So it's kind of getting to that point where, like, you're either starting to connect with your vehicle and you really like it or – Maybe you're thinking like, eh, this is a short term, uh, you know, it's a, it's a stepping stone for me onto the next vehicle. I completely see what you're saying. So, uh, we will get to that and I'll ask you the same question, of course. Okay. Uh, today we're going to be talking uh, about our respective cars. Scott, you have a Volkswagen CC Sport 2012. That's right. Yes. And I have a 2008 Ford Escape hybrid. Not because I thought it was going to change the world. I got a deal on it. Yeah. If, I, if I'm being absolutely honest. Yeah. Now I had to, uh, I had to, uh, kind of be, well, I had to be quick about buying mine. Right. Um, I had a rental car for a couple of weeks. Uh, my, my car, I, I think I told the story on, on car stuff, so I won't go into that again, but, uh, my car suddenly died. Uh, it was like an, a matter of changing an engine or, you know, I had to do the, the, uh, you know, what's, what's best for my bank account, uh, you know, mm-hmm. calculation on paper. And, uh, it turned out that getting a new vehicle was, was, uh, better, or a new used vehicle was a better solution for me at the time. And, um, I did take my time. I took my time in that, you know, I had a rental car for a couple of weeks and then a week where I didn't have a car. And, you know, mm-hmm. I took a long time to find this thing and I found the right one and I was happy with what I found. Um, and I, I, I say generally overall since, uh, you know, last March, the end of March, I've been generally happy with my vehicle. I mean, there, I'm going to mention a few cons and some things I don't like about it, but overall, I'm satisfied with the vehicle. It's just that I, I feel, and I've said this a couple times already, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm really connecting with my car yet, Ben. I don't know what it is. It's not, it doesn't have like, uh, and I don't know. I mentioned like sometimes you say like cars have a soul or whatever, you know, but yeah. that's it. But it just doesn't feel like it's, it's not necessarily a driver's vehicle. Maybe that's a better way to put it. I see. Um, it's a little bit, and I, and I hate to use this term, but it's a little bit numb when you drive it. And I don't, I don't mean that in a terrible, like a way like, um, uh, I don't know. It's, you it's don't tough feel to, the road. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel like, you know, the, the responsive steering and all that, you know, like you're, you're, you're doing a sports car or a sportier car. Um, yeah. they call it a sports sedan, but it's not necessarily a sports sedan. It's, it's mm-hmm. sporty, but not a sports sedan. <laughs> um, and it's, and it's not quite a luxury car, but it's, like luxury ish. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's pretty nice, man. It, it is nice. It's I like nice it. Car. I mean, it's, it's pleasant to look at. I really like the way it looks. I like the way, um, I like, I like the way it feels honestly when I pull up to a valet or something, you know, versus my yeah. previous vehicle. Um, you know, it's a, there's a little bit more pride, I guess, in handing over the keys for this mm-hmm. one than my last one. Although it was a fun car, you know, my last one, the, the Civic. Um, but, you almost feel like you're uh, you're still in college or something when you're driving mm-hmm. something like that, and and I know that's a silly way to look at it, but but this is just a little bit more grown up, I guess. You know, when you show up to this you know fancy restaurant with your family or whatever. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling 
is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. And uh, listeners, <laughs> I've got I've just got to point this out, Scott. You had... You have had some adventures in the Honda, for sure. Yeah. Uh, over a series of years, you were taking road trips across the country on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. Through like rain, snow, and sleet. The one time it actually iced over here in Atlanta, you pulled um, a stunt driving move to get out of the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. I remember, to, uh, I had to go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were there were some uh, real acrobatics. I mean, I, I should have been hired for the uh, for the Joey Chitwood Auto Thrill Show at that point uh, <laughs> for what I had to do to get through the gate. Uh, it was like an inclined ramp, and there, uh-huh. it is a ramp, and um, uh, it was it was a difficult situation. I think I described that too, but um, yeah, yeah, it was that was a fun day. Um, but there's there's a lot you know a lot of history with the old car. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just uh, that might be part of I, it. I've got a little bit of a uh, of a nostalgia attack for the old vehicle still. Um, but what about you, Ben? So you've had yours for about a year as well, and I've Around got the same I've got a lot more to say about mine. But uh, that's a, that's a general description of it, right? At this yeah. point, or my feeling. So the 2008 Ford Escape Hybrid. Um, I had never been the owner of an SUV because I never really needed one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I had always, if I needed something with that capacity, I could borrow one from someone in my family who has it. And if I, I always thought if I were to drive something that could, uh, have that cargo capacity, I would want a truck. Honestly, F-150s are really good. No one is paying me to say that. I just believe in those vehicles. But, um, the way that I ended up with the, uh, with the escape is that I bought it from a family member and essentially traded my Monte Carlo. Because they wanted to, uh, they wanted to have a project car. So this is key here because you, two years ago, I never would have guessed that you would ever get out of that Monte Carlo. You love that car so much. I still do. I have visitation rights. (laughs) Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's a little bit easier for you to let go knowing that you can visit that car. You can probably drive that car if you wanted to, of course. Yeah. Um, it's, it's around. You still see it. You can, Mm -hmm. uh, you you haven't completely lost touch with it like I have with mine. Um, Right. But, did that really did does that uh, consolation uh does that does that ease the fact that now you're in something that uh, you really didn't anticipate driving even a year ago really or or 
13 months ago. Uh, yeah, it eases it a little bit. Also, it, it's uh, easier because that was not my favorite of the Monte Carlos I had driven. Oh. Uh, the, I never got to drive, you know, a first, a first gen. I would, I would love to check that out. I better start saving for the gas money now. <laughs> Cause, yeah, uh, those, what, are, those are boats. What was, uh, yeah, what it's like Clayton said about the Hellcat. It could pass anything but a gas station. Yeah, definitely. Those are giant vehicles, right? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, the later gens are, are larger too. So one of the primary differences will, uh, would be, you know, sometimes Monte Carlos, especially that generation can have, uh, transmission issues and the transmission on that Monte Carlo is slipping a little bit. There's a little bit of give. Mm-hmm. And I was playing that game that so many of us play when we know there's a potential big problem in a few years, which is like, it'll be fine today. It'll be fine tomorrow. It'll be fine next week. And then eventually it just becomes normal. You know, like, have have you guys ever had that friend who has their manual or their stick is so messed up that they're like, no, I just have to gun it and go straight to third from first to third. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Second gear doesn't work so well. The synchro's gone, but uh there's a way around that. Just hold on. Yeah. 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 Everybody and, has that friend. You're right. And we all have those, uh, especially with older cars, after you get to know a car for a while, and this maybe goes to a bigger point, Scott, uh, we start learning the little tricks and idiosyncrasies of the car. Um, well, I've talked about it on air before, but I had this ridiculous problem. So the Monte Carlo is by no means a perfect vehicle. And I'll get to the escape, but this is important for contrast. So there was a period for um, months. You remember this, man. There was a period for months where I had the um, the security system, the ignition on the the ignition based security system on the Monte Carlo was malfunctioning. Yeah, and every so often. It would think I was trying to steal it. And what it would do at that point was it would just refuse to start. So I had to do an ignition reset, a process that takes about 10 minutes. What this meant was that unless, and and this didn't happen every time, is every so often. And uh, what this meant was that I would get in the habit of either going out to the car 10 minutes before I was supposed to leave, just in case. And sometimes having a book with me, or I would go, I would just be resigned to being 10 minutes late for everything. Mm-hmm. And I was 10 minutes late for stuff at work. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. I got yeah. several, uh, texts from you, uh, you know, that would say like, uh, having the problem again. And it happened over and over and over again. Right. And, uh, I can imagine that was a real nuisance for you. Well, I mean, and there, there are ways to, um, there are ways to circumvent that and fix it. But to me, it was, it wasn't something that was worth the time of fixing. I was, I was so, uh, what's, I was just so lazy about it. Well, it took a lot of research and effort to do that. I mean, to do that because you would have to find a uh, used column and key from some other vehicle that had been scrapped or something like that, right? And, uh, and replace the whole thing. No, no, you wouldn't have to though. There's a oh. bypass. Oh, okay. That they can install a bypass, but, um. I didn't know that. I thought the way yeah. I, when I've looked this up, because when you started telling me about this, I, I kind of dug into this to see yeah. if I could help you in some way. Oh, thanks. And, man. and, it turns out that in whatever way I found was like, well, go to the junkyard and find, you know, right. a, whatever generation Monte Carlo that was. That's and, the and, best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, and get a key and column that match and then uh, just replace the one that you have. But mm. knowing, and they also said this, knowing that that problem will come back again, you know, that right. it will happen again. So, yeah, that was a frustrating issue for you. And when you, um, I, I guess when you finally got rid of it, that, that of course, wasn't the only thing, but maybe that was oh, like no, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, Are you right? kidding? Let's see. What else didn't work on there? Uh, oh, the gauges at some the gauges, point. Yeah. The gauges were all all, all over the place. Uh, luckily, the um, luckily the speedometer worked, so I wouldn't get like pulled over. Um, and sometimes on the gas gauge, it was like, my best guess, you know? Yeah. How, how are you feeling while you drive past this gas station? So all to say this imperfect car, which I loved, man, I drove around the country in that thing. Um, sometimes 10 minutes late for places, but it leads me to my first point about the 2008 Ford Escape hybrid, which is it starts every time, which is amazing to me. Now, That's where I'm at in life. Isn't now. it funny how something <laughs> simple like that makes a huge difference, right? Mm. I mean, because I, I mean, I was getting to the point where I was having some similar things going on with the, with the Honda that I had, mm. um, you know, where 
Uh, I had a, a long list of, you know, to-do items. You know, it was on a, a dry erase board in my garage. And when I did get the uh, the new vehicle, it mm-hmm. did it actually did feel pretty good to be able to just take an eraser and wipe that whole thing off the board because it was a long list, you know, at that point, whether it was suspension, you know, changes or brakes or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it happened to be, new battery, uh, you know, fix that, uh, that, that window regulator in the passenger door, whatever it was. Um, all that stuff just goes away at that point. And that felt pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I got to admit. Yeah. And now we're on the other side of it. Instead of a big list of problems, there are have to kind of items. We have lists of want to items. You know, I, on the Monte Carlo, for instance, I would, um, I'd replaced the speaker before. And I wanted to replace the entire sound system with something that was a little bit more modern. So I could listen to podcasts and stuff like that. But it hit me like, why am I going to spend the money on a radio in a car that has a transmission that is uh, on the way out? Yeah. You know, yeah, I get it. It's a it's a question of priority. Sure, I, I will say one thing that's really cool. Now, obviously, of course, the Ford Escape is not the best SUV in its class, right? Mm-hmm. And or crossover SUV or whatever you want to call it, and it has had um, some recalls. Also in the past, uh, uh, specifically with a cooling pump for the powertrain on the hybrid. And have you had that done already or is that something that needs to be done? That was done in the past before I got it. So okay. I lucked out on that one. That's a good one. Because that was that announcement was 2014, I want to say. Yeah. And so I, I got the car, you know, about a year ago, 2015. And you said this is a 2008, right? Yeah. So that's a first gen hybrid uh, for that vehicle, right? That's mm-hmm. the first time they attempted that. I think they, they did it in, what, 2004, I think, was the uh, the start of that? Yeah, so, yeah. So by the time yours was built and, you know, four years later, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of had a lot of the bugs worked out of that. So, you know, the recalls and uh, that's just uh, typical typical maintenance type stuff. Uh, you know, things that uh, they find after four or five years do wear out, but uh, they've got the, the first year bugs worked out for sure at that point. Yeah, and I have, I, I gotta say, man, I was pretty skeptical, but at this point, I have no problem with the with the engine i thought it was going to be slower than it actually is you know mm-hmm. it has a it has a little bit of zip at the beginning it's never gonna you know it's i'm never gonna race in it or something but i was pleasantly surprised i thought it would be a little bit more cumbersome and kind of lumbering yeah uh but it's it's surprisingly cool plus after dude after decades of driving in a car that is so low to the ground I feel like um, it, it feels strange to be able to see past other cars in traffic because that's one of the most irritating things about driving a um, a low low to the ground car is that you're stuck behind someone in traffic. You want to know what's going on, but all you can see is the back of that van. Eh, I can do without it. I'm okay driving a low vehicle. In fact, I, I much, much prefer to be – the lower I can get, the, the better it is for me, really. For I, the I, driving experience. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean – but you're right. I guess in traffic, that's a little bit annoying if you can't see around what, or what's happening ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone who's stopping ahead, you know, quickly, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that's important to know. And I know that, my like my wife, she appreciates the the high seating position of the Jeep vehicles that she drives. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, she, just something that she will have a hard time going back to – uh, a low seating position like my car is now. And that's, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I, I mentioned in, um, the nuts and bolts episode, mm-hmm. I think we were talking about parking in the structure. Oh yeah. And how I parked next to Dylan, you know, uh-huh. our, our photo editor. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, he's since moved on. He's, he's changed floors on me now. So that's a, that's a, that's a difficult situation oh, for me. Man, yeah. Sorry. I know it's rough. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but, um, stop hitting his car. Well, <laughs> that was, that was the beauty of it. It never happened, you know? So, um, I noticed that I parked next to his Mini, and I don't recall exactly what year his Mini is, is mm-hmm. but it's a new one. It's like 2015 or 14 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my CC is actually low. The roof line is lower than the Mini, and it kind of surprised me when I saw it. I, I thought there's no way that would be the case, but it, but it is. And I was thinking to myself, like, well, is it? I wonder if it's lower than my previous vehicle even. And I haven't had an opportunity yet to park next to the same make and model as uh, is what I had before, the, the 05 Civic Si, yeah. the hatchback. And I'm, I'm going to have to do that because I know where there is one. There's one in a uh, – uh, someone near me 
owns one that's similar the same year uh-huh. and I can park next to it and kind of check that out. But <laughs> briefly, <laughs> honestly, that car, you know, the, uh, the, the CC is, is very, it's very low, mm-hmm. wide, long. I, I guess Harley Earl would love that car right. uh, for that, for that aspect of it. But, um, it is a, uh, it's, it's really, it honestly has a good, uh, stance on the road. I like the, 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 the wide tires. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed that on that vehicle or not, but they're, they're, Right to the very edge of the body, they're oh, not yeah. they're not tucked under like a lot of cars have. They're you know, pretty where, much flush. Yeah, and I think it uh, it helps out. It's not a stance car by any means, and right. and it could stand to be lowered, in my opinion, maybe an inch or two, um, which I might do. You never know, like yeah. springs or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but it uh, overall, just right from the factory, it has a very good stance, and those tires are so wide. I mean, they're I I, I say they're super wide, but they're not that wide. They're uh, two thirty five, forty five, seventeens. And I think what I like most about them is that they're 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 positioned exactly right. And a lot of cars mm-hmm. they tuck them kind of under the body, like I just mentioned, yeah. and it almost looks like the body is just it's like a, a little top heavy. Like um, I'm I'm sawing my body back and forth, like people can see that, but um, <laughs> it looks like it might tip over or something, you know, or uh-huh. or they're too thin or whatever. But uh, oh, by the way, you know, while we're mentioning tire size, yeah. I, I don't know why this has escaped me for so long, but have you ever really consciously looked at the tires on a BMW i3? You know, the, the little tiny SUV, mm-hmm. uh, the electric SUV? No, I haven't. Super thin. Like really thin. I know, I know it's all about efficiency. They're probably yeah. also very, uh, I would guess they're also very hard tires for, uh, for mileage. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like the high efficiency tires or whatever, but they're very, very thin. I hadn't noticed exactly how thin they were until just recently, but uh, man, when I, once I see it now, I, I can't get that out of my head. Now, every time I see one, I look right at the tires. Oh no, but, it's um, going to happen. But that, uh, that, that, I don't know. I, I, I've been very pleasantly surprised with the, the, the way that, um, you know, the car actually, um, it does handle well. And I've said numb earlier, but what I meant was like uh, the response in the driver's seat. I can't, you can't get a good feel of the road. However, there's a, there's a there's a big however here. What's that? There is a a sport mode on the transmission. Ah. Now it's not it's not a button that changes the suspension and all that oh, stuff like right. some of the really fancy cars have, but there is a sport mode in this. Uh, it's DSG transmission, so um, I think that means uh, direct shift gearbox, mm-hmm. and it's a six speed transmission and. It does have uh, the, the sport mode, and, and it's just a matter of you know shifting it back, you know pulling it all the way back down instead of up into the drive position. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Ben, like it becomes a different animal when you put it into sport mode. It really does. And I haven't driven very much with this. I haven't like taken it out, you know, to the mountains or anything like that. But I'll tell you, it's 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 fun to merge in the highway when you have it in that mode. It's fun to uh, you know just maybe give it a quick blast whenever you're able to, like you know trying That's to get cool. onto the, onto the road or whatever. But all it really does, honestly, is it just holds the gear a little bit longer. So uh-huh. it's not anything fantastic, but the shifts in this thing are so fast, it's so quick, you know, between gears, it's really really impressive. And I think what's maybe what it does is it highlights how bad. The and this is a con. How bad the drive mode is in it, and when yeah. I have it in drive, and I have it mostly in that because you know I just care about fuel efficiency and getting to and from work and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So like sixty miles a day, but it's like four hours for me. So I spend a lot of time in the car, and I notice how it shifts, and I think that the transmission in drive mode is just driving me crazy in that thing because the shift points are so weird. They're geared for economy, mm-hmm. and being six speeds. I've, I've tried to figure out how it, how it moves around, but I can't exactly yet. But I'll tell you, like, if I'm sitting in a stoplight and I'm, and I'm, you know, stopped, yeah. the light turns green and I, I gently accelerate away. By the time I'm at the other side of that intersection, I'm already in third or fourth gear. Now, is that crazy? That is weird. And, and here's the thing. I can, I can, I can determine that by not just watching the, you know, the, the tack, you know, so I can see, you know, when it shifts, but, uh, it, there's another mode. It's like a semi, manual mode where, you know, you can shift it up and down. It's kind of like um, the old Chrysler auto stick or something, you know, where you can select first, second, third, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, if I, if I quickly shift over from drive, it's just a matter of pushing it to the right. If I, if I quickly shift and drive into that mode, it will indicate on the dash what gear I'm in. So I know that, you know, I've, I've tried this, you know, I've just gently accelerated by the time I'm at the other side of the intersection, mm-hmm. I, I quickly shifted over and I'm in third or fourth gear. Crazy. And I think I think it's skipping gears, and that's that's part of that um, that fuel economy uh, mm-hmm. thing, and it, it just does that automatically. But the other thing is that it's got these weird shift points that sometimes when you're in traffic, you know, you'll find that it's either upshifting or downshifting 
at, at points where I wouldn't necessarily change it on my own, of course, but, right. but points where you wouldn't expect um, an automatic transmission to make that change. Like it just feels weird. And it's not like a, you can, you can just barely feel it because it's quick. It's, again, it's really, really mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, um, it's, it's a good transmission. Don't get me wrong, but, yeah. um, this, uh, this, this automatic mode for economy or whatever that it's, it defaults to is, uh, it's, it's not the greatest. In my, and I've experienced this also in my wife's Jeep Renegade. It, it makes interesting choices. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, and it doesn't always feel exactly right. You know, there's something just a little bit off in, in some, in some part of that drive. And I can't quite put my finger. I don't know if it's if it's deceleration or if it's acceleration or where, you know where it happens the most. But uh, there's just something a little weird about it. So my question, I guess, for you in the same realm is: How do you find the hybrid operation to be? Do you find that you are conscious of when it goes in, you know, between electric mode uh, or you know combined mode oh. or you know all that? Is it how hard is it for oh, you to buddy. get uh, to get behind that? As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. It is very obvious. Yeah. It gives a... Uh, it- Ford escapes the, the hybrid versions. Um, I imagine this for multiple years as well have a noticeable shutter when the, when the actual gas engine kicks in, when the engine kicks in and the motor stops. So the electric motor only really functions at low speeds. So you can hit, you know, you can hit up to maybe depending on how you accelerate, if you go very slow, very gently, like you're sneaking down the hallway of a house, then you can get up to maybe 18, 20 something, maybe 25 before the motor kicks in, but, or before the engine kicks in. However, that's impractical on the road. This is something that I miss about Monte Carlos or or lower stance cars. Cause to me, I'm not particularly, I'm not particularly married to the idea of being the tallest person on the road. It's just an interesting perspective that I've, I've never had since I was, I, I've only had, you know, like riding in trucks, uh, like trailer trucks with uh, my uncle or something. So the hybrid, the issue with it is that it's, it's never going to win a race. I do miss being able to drive for performance. It's super comfortable 
to Clayton's earlier point. So it's a pretty good road trip car in my, in my opinion. Um, just, just because there's, there's so much space in there, you know, the, the Monte Carlo, uh, the, it's coupe. So the way it's slung back is, is not ideal. Yeah. And that trunk space, I mean, when you open the trunk, uh, it had limited, um, angle, I guess, you know, you're, you're, right. you're only able to get, you have to kind of, Angle things in and down and, and into the trunk and, and this one, sure. of course, you got the big hatch that you're right. able to carry a lot right. in. So I, I understand the, uh, uh, the, the benefit of that, of course. And that's, that's a neat thing to me because I've, I've never had, I've never had that capability before, but it's funny too that one of your questions was, do you notice when it goes, uh, from electric to gas? It is so, it is so apparent. And I know that we've talked in the past about how much or how little money you actually save if you're driving a hybrid. But because a lot of my driving now will be, um, will be within, you know, within an hour or so of the city, unless I'm on a road trip, I haven't been in a situation where I, I would have some long commute, uh, such that a hybrid would begin to make a, a visible, noticeable difference. So are you noticing a difference, though, in how often you have to go to the gas oh, yeah. station? I oh, mean, it's yeah, probably man. a long time in between, right? Uh-huh. Because you do a lot of city driving, mm-hmm. and you're very close to where, uh, you know, you work. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It's got to be quite a benefit to not have to go and fill up, uh, you know, well, if it was just a standard SUV, it would have a big tank. Right. Uh, I don't know what the fuel tank size is on your vehicle, mm-hmm. but it's probably still decent size. I mean, yeah. big enough, but, um, but it's got to be a, a, a pretty good feeling to, uh, to just be able to, you know, go for maybe a couple of weeks without having to fill up the gas tank. A couple of weeks ideal. It depends on how much, how much I, I drive because once you get out on the interstate, um, or you start, you know, I, it is a car that I drive for fun, and even though it's not as fun as the Monte Carlo. I don't know how much of that is nostalgia. Ah, uh, yes. But it's not a, you know, it's not a car for, um, it's not a performance car at all. It's like the, like, what is it? The Lexus GS, that's like a hybrid that has performance. Mm-hmm. And this is more of a, um, more of a cargo vehicle. Yeah, utility. Exactly. But I love being able to, man, I used to take my old dog to the park or on road trips with me in the Monte Carlo and he hated it because it's not, it's not built for dogs, but the, uh, the escape can carry almost anything. You no, know a whole mean? pack of dogs, whole pack of dogs. Yeah. Finally, I can get that pack of feral dogs. I always wanted to follow me everywhere. Uh, that's funny. So, okay. You, you just mentioned something. I wasn't really going to talk about this until later, but yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like you, you, you enjoy driving your vehicle now because that, that was really the heart of this whole conversation mm-hmm. is like, are you, are you connecting with this, uh, this escape hybrid or is it just a stepping stone? Do you think at this point, are you going to go back to something <sighs> different or are you going to, you're going to hang on to this one for, you know, you and I both held on to cars for, uh, you know, what, seven, eight years mm-hmm. average right around yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, so are you going to hang on to it for that long or do you think it's more of a short term thing for you? Well, man, it's only got like 126 miles on it. 126,500, I think, mm-hmm. 499. I'm right on the cusp and it's, it works like a, it, it works really well. I don't have any at this point, knock on wood. I don't have any abiding issues with it. So I will probably hang on to it just because I'm kind of cheap. Yeah. It's not, it's not my ideal car by any, by any means, but it's, uh, at this point, it's reliable. You know, that's a good point. You said ideal car, and I, I hadn't really thought about this either, but you, you, the Monte Carlo wasn't really your ideal car either. It was just a, it was a car that you loved. Yeah. I mean, oh, there yeah. were, there were better ones out there, of course, that you would love to have, but. Oh man, but uh, I, I love those land yachts. But I know you, you love that Monte Carlo and you love driving it. And I just wondered if you had the same kind of connection with this one or not. If it's just, um, uh, something that's more of a, a tool at this point. Not, not yet. Uh, I drove to Nashville in it recently and it was great to get that out there on the road with it one thing that anybody who drives a, a car that sits tall is very aware of especially like jeeps or something is the possibility of body roll mm-hmm. and i i do notice like i'm i'm more hesitant to really go into a high speed curve now because i can feel the difference in the way the escape sits 
versus the Monte Carlo, like I sometimes I didn't even have to slow down. I would just turn the wheel and you know, sure, hope for the best. Yeah, I totally get that. And you know, I'm I'm kind of the same way. And I, I again, when I said numb, I didn't mean that you know it's totally lacking feeling of any kind at all. But um, it, it's definitely less of a feeling. Uh, road feeling, you know, road sensation, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. in this vehicle. And I've taken some long trips in it. I've gone to Indiana a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, northern Indiana, at, you know, for, uh, visit family. And, um, I gotta say, it's just, it was kind of unremarkable. You know, it wasn't like, um, right. you know, it, it, the road trip was fine. It was comfortable, you know, cause it's a nice big sedan. Um, and the seats are comfortable and all that. And I've got lots of, you know, I got whatever I need, you know, as far as, uh, you know, features and functions and all that stuff, you know, the, auto dimming mirrors and all that, all the uh, tricks and stuff that I didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, the cool stuff. Car. No, I'm not really saying I'm not trying to like brag <laughs> about it or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it, at the end of the trip, it's just like when you get out of the car and that's it. But my other one, it was like, man, that was, that was fun. I had some fun on that trip. It just felt good to drive the car for that long. And I felt mm-hmm. uh, invigorated by it. You know, it was like, um, it definitely made you smile when you were able to go into a corner faster, like you said, or it made, you know, yeah. you, the way it sounded when you downshift and pass a vehicle or something. You just got a, a smile on your face. And this one, the, I mean, I got to tell you, I've got the, the, the two liter turbo engine, so it's not the biggest engine that you can get in this one. You can right. get a, a 3.6, uh, I think it's a non turbo, but, um, like a hundred more horsepower and it has all wheel drive and, you know, it's a manual transmission, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I have the two liter turbo and it's automatic. It's 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 fun to drive. I mean, it can be fun, but only if you put it into that sport motor. Only if you're really driving it aggressively. Otherwise, and I think maybe that's the the idea is that you know it's it's just um, it's sedate. I guess. I mean, it's it's refined. I guess maybe is a better way to say it. Yeah. Um, but um, and it's a totally different thing. It's like comparing apples and oranges. It, it really is. You know, I completely agree. And with that being said, so I'll stop comparing the Monte Carlo and the Escape because they're very different. With that being said. Here are two things that irritate the hell out of me about this escape. Okay. Already. Good. All right. Already. So when you think of a sports utility vehicle, you think of um two front seats, one or two bench seats maybe, right? And then uh, a big cargo area or bigger cargo area. The thing about a compact SUV, and here's how small this thing is, Scott. I can park in the compact spaces at our parking deck. The thing about it is in order to get decent cargo carrying capability, if I'm moving like a big piece of furniture or something, I have to fold down that one bench seat in a really weird way. I have to take the headrest off. I have to flip the front cushion up and then fold the whole thing down. And it's flush against the, I'm, Ladies and gentlemen, I just realized that I'm acting out this process and you totally can't see it. Well, it's helping me. I'll try to articulate this uh, verbally. So you have to flip these seats down and they're flush against the back of the front two seats, which means that anytime you want to haul something, you have to have that operation. If you are hauling something that's bigger than the unconverted trunk size and you have stuff already in the back seat, you're SOL. Um, because we are a family show. So that, that's irritating because often, uh, for some reason or another, I'm in a hurry. That's just where I am in life, man. But, uh. <laughs> you're a busy guy. <laughs> I think I'm just always late this Yeah. Time. No, you're a busy guy. Second sure. thing, second thing though, and it's a little more serious is, um, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, when they did test on this, and this is something I was not aware of until I actually looked into some of the stats for our show. The escape doesn't score well. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's got like uh three stars for driver protection. But let me ask you this. I mean, this is a, a vehicle that you said you purchased from a family member. Mm-hmm. And uh would would that really have changed your mind anyways? I mean, how how critical is that for you at this point? You know, I mean I I know it's good to be safe and everything, but right. uh, but it was the right vehicle, the right time for you, right? Yeah. Uh it was the right vehicle, right time, price was great. The, the Monte Carlos are just so, they're such long vehicles for the kind of tight spaces that we're in here. Um, I, I don't know, man. I might steal it back. I don't, I don't know how that will work out legally. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying about the yeah. crash rating though. Like, I understand safety and I know it's important to buy right. something that's safe, of course. And, but if you, I think maybe if you had a family that you're hauling around too, 
Uh, that would play into it. You know, if that you had, would be different. You had, yeah. you had kids get into the back and everything. You're like that'd be a concern. I get it. If it gets one star or whatever, uh, that'd be that'd be tough. But right now, I mean, I, I kind of can see the other way too. You know, that like, well, how important are those uh, the five stars for you at this point in your life? It's also way. It's a way quieter drive. Yeah. Than the Monte Carlo. Really? Yeah. Inside the cabin, uh, I will. I don't know, man. I'll also point out, like, this would have been a good idea. Five years ago when gas prices were higher, because now gas prices are tanking. A lot of people who had, we've seen the cycle before. A lot of people who had hybrids are going to sell them eventually. They're going to say, Hey, what's so bad about, uh, (laughs) what's so bad about a Humvee? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Uh, uh, an H1. Well, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm buying premium fuel at this point and it's below $2 a gallon, which is great. But I know that won't last. Uh, no, so it'll, so I'm, it'll come back in. I'm excited yeah. about it now, but uh, soon it'll come back, and then it'll be expensive because it's like an 18 gallon tank or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, I see your point, but remember, you've got a, what was your car? Eight years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so your uh, your relative had this vehicle right at that sweet spot when it was a it was a good move, yeah, a really good move. Yeah. So um, I get it. No, I question another question for you, Ben, about okay. your, your yeah. hybrid vehicle. Um, what about battery pack replacement? When uh, when does that come around? Oh, man. Because, I mean, I just looked at this and I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And actually, there's some good news here, though. Um, two, two pieces of good news, one bit of bad news. The bad news is that I just looked at the price of the, uh, the new battery pack for, for, for the escape, you know, Ford dealership installed all that. Yeah. It's between five and eight thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, I think it's like the whole, it's under the, uh, the back end of your vehicle, right? You open up the hatch, it's on the load floor area, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere there, under there. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is that you can go on eBay and find one from, you know, a car that's been <laughs> crashed or totaled in some right. way, but the battery's unharmed. 800 bucks. And, which is great. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. That's, a, that's an amazing savings. So, you know, they're out there. You can find something like that. Or you can do this. You can have a, uh, you can get a, Hybrid battery pack reconditioned. I don't know if you knew that or not. We, yeah, I'm aware of that. Okay, yeah. good. We have, because we have articles on our How Stuff Works site about reconditioning batteries and is it worth it? And apparently you can bring your battery back to, you know, something like 95% of its original capacity uh, just by doing this reconditioning. And I, I would have to assume, and there's no price here listed for that, but right. I would assume that that is much, much cheaper than buying a brand new battery. I bet so too. But the, the thing is that we're in, we're in one of those what a time to be alive phases of uh, innovation, especially considering hybrid and electric vehicles. Obviously, like almost anyone, if I wanted to get an electric vehicle and money was not an issue, I would go for Tesla. It's just, I think they're doing big things. I think those kind of vehicles are pretty much investments. But if I'm being honest with you and electricity, uh, electric power and hybridization is out and it's not mandatory, I would go back to just a, a regular IC because it makes more sense to me. Well, you know, you've also got the bad experience of you said that that one is a very abrupt changeover between electric and oh, and, yeah. and IC operations. So, uh, you know, take it into account that eight years later in this whole thing, I'm sure that they're a lot smoother at this point. So, uh, you know, the hybrids or the plug-in hybrids or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a lot smoother in operation versus the one that you've got. So maybe that's kind of skewing your your idea about it as well. But I never would have picked you for being a hybrid driver two years ago, even. No, I'm not. I'm just, again, dude, uh, thrifty is like the nicest way to describe me. You know, I, I remember we were on, we were on the air for some other episode and I was, I was listeners. You might remember if you heard this, uh, I was not particularly proud of this moment. I was telling people that to go buy the demo models at department stores, like the toasters and stuff, <laughs> which you can get a deal on, just to be clear. Um, Scott, it looks like we're, uh, it looks like we might be close to wrapping up, but I have to ask you a couple questions. Okay, sure. Okay. So many of these are just going to be your questions repeated back to you. Uh, totally fine. Okay. So are, are you going to keep this VW? I'm going to keep it. Yes. I feel uh, like yeah. somebody's, somebody's dad. What are your intentions with this VW? <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm generally very happy with the vehicle. I like, you know, when I, when I park it, I look back at it. Uh, you know, it looks good. I enjoy the way, uh, enjoy the way it drives and feels mm-hmm. and everything. I know it's, you know, again, a little bit less of a, uh, a road car than I would like. You know, it doesn't have sure. that, that feel of my other one, but we're in the not, same boat. You're not going to get that out of a sedan. I understand yeah. that or that kind of sedan anyway. So. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to hang on to it, I think. I mean, I've got a, a short-term loan. It's not very big, but that's one of my cons is that, you know, I had to pick up a, uh, a loan again. Mm-hmm. Um, just a small short-term loan and, and it'll be done soon, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, after I'm done with that, of course I want to hang on to it. I, I tend to hang on to vehicles for, you and I both said seven or eight years. That's as about long our, as possible. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, it could go a lot longer than that, but by then I'm kind of ready to change. You know, I want something mm-hmm. different. Try something different out. Well, what about you? Yeah, I don't know the reason I'm pointing out the innovations in uh, this hybrid and electric technology is because to, things are moving so quickly now that an eight-year-old hybrid car is going to, I think, quickly become uh, obsolete in terms of what it can do for the price. You know, we're we're seeing engineers work on so much amazing stuff in material science and battery technology that there may be a point where it just doesn't make sense for me to own this car. However, we're on the opposite side of the equation here, my friend, because I, I own this thing outright. And if I have to ever go in a situation where it's like, oh, you could have a better car, but you have to make a car payment every month, then I'm going to stick with the thing I already have until it's like falling apart and I'm riding one tire home, you know, like unicycle <laughs> yeah. style. Well, I feel kind of the same way. It's like yeah. once you have it and you've you've made that initial purchase, you might as well just keep up with the maintenance and, and make it work. Yeah, and you, you chose yeah, it for a reason, right? And we want to hear your stories or your reviews. Of, oh, not so easy, Ben. You got to get a hold on for just one second. I got one more for you before we, we close okay, out here. Okay. I know we got to go. Yeah, yeah. If you could, mm. and I, we talked about visitation with your other vehicle, but if you could, would you give up oh, the hybrid right. today to go back to the Monte Carlo that you had, the one, the, the exact one that you had? Let's say that you know you got some of the issues worked out, but um, would you go back to it? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, if those issues were worked out, and those are uh, those are not small comic book issues, they're they're uh, pretty significant. But you would go back. You would uh, you would you trade. You make the trade. Actually, if I could go back to anything, I I was thinking about this earlier, Scott. I I think for some reason I would consider going back to uh, that Pontiac Bonneville. Because that was cartoonishly, it was a cartoonish yacht, you know, (laughs) sitting in there. It was so, it was so spacious. Like I had, I had four people in that car before and it looked like, you know, we were relaxing in someone's living room. Yeah. Yeah. What what about you? Absolutely. I would go back, you know, no hesitation because, um, that car, I I mean, I, I, I know it wasn't anything special or anything like that. It was just, it was so simple and it, and it made me so happy to drive that vehicle. And I just don't get that out of this one. That's the whole thing. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of pros to this new vehicle, you know, a lot. And we didn't get to our pro con list at all in this whole thing. I didn't go through like the laundry list. I, right. All the features that I don't need and stuff. But, yeah, that's you know, cause right. it's got a lot of stuff and it's, it's, I, I feel, you know, lucky to be able to drive a vehicle like this, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, I mean, but I would definitely go back to my other vehicle. I didn't want to get rid of that one in the first place. So it makes sense that I would want to go back to it. And, Man, I miss that sensation of driving a car like that. If I had another toy car to kind of play uh-huh. around with, yeah. I'd be perfectly happy keeping the CC and another vehicle to, so I could have that weekend drive vehicle as mm. well. But I, but I don't have that luxury at this point. Um, so if, it's if always I, the Newport. If I could go back, <laughs> that's a different ball game altogether. <laughs> um, for a lot of reasons. But yeah, yeah if I, I, if I could just, you know, make the swap again and get mm. my other vehicle back in good condition, you know, uh, Prior to breakdown, um, yeah. yeah, I definitely go back to it. So uh, there's one other thing we have to do before we end, and I'm glad glad you caught me on that one. Uh, we've got to find a appropriate nickname. Uh, Noel the Breakdown Brown. The Breakdown? That's not bad. That's pretty cool. Not bad. I would I would wonder how somebody earned the name the Breakdown. The Breakdown. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty. That's, right. that's yeah. pretty like intimidating if you're a bouncer or something. No, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll go with breakdown, and oh, we'd like to hear your reviews of your reviews of vehicles you have driven. The best, the worst, the weirdest. I had a guy explain how to drive a Zamboni to me what, years back when we did that Zamboni podcast. Yeah, that was fun. That was a weird one, man. Those are strange machines. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, it takes a little bit of skill to do that. Actually, more than a little bit. It takes more a lot than of, a, uh, yeah. It takes a lot of skill. It takes a surprising amount of skill. But you don't have to write about a Zamboni. Uh, let us know about 
like the the dream cars you've driven or the absolute lemons, like the utter worst cars on the road. Oh, I love those driven. I love those stories. I love to read the stories about the bad stuff. Yeah, too. I know yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to check out some of the other shows we have mentioned in this podcast, visit us at carstuffshow.com. You can find every single episode we have ever done. There's a lot out there. Yeah. And you know what, man, I gotta say it. What? We did, I, I didn't cover one third of what I have in, on the paper in front of me here. I didn't I mean, either. There, there was a lot that I <laughs> want to talk about. We kind of took it in different directions, but it was fun. It was mm-hmm. a good conversation. It seems like, uh, this could go on for a long time if we wanted it to, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love to talk about their own cars. So again, write into us with the good, the bad, the ugly, and, uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, and if you want to find us on social media, uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter where we're Car Stuff HSW. Scott, you're posting some uh, really cool stuff on the Facebook page. Oh, you mean like lobster motorcycles? That's what I put up there the other day, and I didn't get hardly any response. I was kind of upset. That's so crazy. Lobster motorcycles. Look it up. You'll find it. You'll find it on our Facebook page. And if you want to uh, suggest a topic for us, we'd love to hear from you. All our best suggestions come from you. This is your show as much as it is ours. You can write to us directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. More on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.